Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And episode 63, Two Teachers Talking. Uh, Charles and I talking about teaching, teaching English, teaching English in Japan, challenges, frustrations, and joys that we find in our day-to-day -day life, our working life. And uh, today we're talking about technology and uh, the tech that we use in the classroom and outside the classroom and what we need to get the job done. Yes, getting the job done. That's the key <laughs> point, isn't it? Trying, trying to get it done. Yeah, and um, yeah. The, the big thing yeah, is, it, is that it's it's you know it's a tool, right? It's a tool. It's just a tool. Right, and that's. I'm not interested in using tech just to look cool or be cool or, you know, it has to serve the pedagogical purpose, right? And, and it we'll, has to we'll, increase we'll, learning. Or go ahead. And and we'll get to the conceptual framework of that at some point in the future. But like right now, just brass tacks is like, you know. If you're going to dig a hole, then you need a shovel. If you draw a picture, you need a pencil. <laughs> and, you know, these are just tools, and they're not to be over-romanticized. Mm. They're not – and, you know, sometimes if you're going to draw a picture, a shovel is not the right tool. <laughs> you got to use the right tool for the job. It reminds me of – I think it was Bill Clinton who once said that if you find yourself in a hole, the first thing you do is stop digging. Good point. And it's a great point. It's a and what is the other thing he said this with um in his nomination speech of Barack Obama where he said that a broken clock is tells the right time twice a day. Mm. Well, he's and, the first you know, one that's, to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second ones you have to think about a little, right? But <laughs> it's the idea that you know the tech, you know, is nice, but if it doesn't work, toss it out right away. Yeah, because you yeah. don't you don't have time. To play around with stuff, play around with stuff over the break, you know, but if something you try something, here's my first piece of advice, is if you try something and it works, try it a second time. But if you try something the first time, put it aside until you have a break. Because what we're really talking about, Tony, I think you said it best is, you know, what works and, you know, I want to look at what's going to save me time. All right. So what's going to make me more yeah, efficient? Exactly. Let's just get to it. Let's so get, get to it. it. What's, so what do you use? What do you what use? Works? <laughs> what works? do you use? You go first. You go <laughs> I asked you first. What do you it. use? <laughs> um, I asked you a second and I won. So there, well, go well, ahead. Well, let's, but, let's get this one out of the way real fast because we talked about it uh, an episode or two ago. We talked about what we were going to do different this year. And it was this online service called Socrative. And it's basically, it's a, it's a, web, it's a website. It's a web app. And it's got a teacher aspect to it. It's got a student aspect to it. And the teachers sets up either in advance a test or quiz. And the students log on to the website with their phones. They take the test or complete the survey or whatever it might be. Or um, what, you, what you use a lot in your classroom is like the exit ticket, like a, a mini activity at the very end. It's like, okay, you finish this and you can leave. Well, what I mainly use it, um, the thing is that you don't have to have a prepared quiz. You can just put, ask the students a question verbally, right? Right, right, Ask right. the question, and that they can just type in the answer, and then boom, it shows up on the projector. So you stop and you say, okay, how many of you are understanding what I'm saying right now? Right, right. It's, 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 that, that's yeah. one of the great things about it. It's such a flexible tool, right? You can use it for what all different it's, kinds of things. It's like a, yeah, it's great. It's great for quizzes. Um, you know, you can set up multiple choice, true or false, open answers. Um, 
you can ask questions, you can make exit tickets, and there's the the race. What is it, the rocket race kind of? I thing? haven't tried. I haven't tried that yet. That's fun, where you put the students in teams. But mm -hmm. the major thing for me for using Socrative or Socrative or whatever you want to call it is I like the students being able to be anonymous, number one, and that I can get information. For example, are you understanding me? What's going on? Where are the difficulty? But the second thing that's a really key point, Tony, of the technology is that it does not require the students to provide any information to the, the, the service. Hmm. The, an and the anonymity is a very nice feature to that. I don't use it in that way. I use, How it, do you use it. I use it to administer like mini tests, quizzes hmm. and mini tests. Um, and what I really like about it is that after I make the test and put and upload it, um, it allows me to download a paper copy. So kids who don't have smartphones or who are short on battery life uh, can do it on paper. But the students, the, who, the students who do do it uh, online, um, it automatically scores the tests, and it mm. automatically gives me it gives me the the class average. It gives me the individual students scores and which ones they've got right, which they've got wrong. And when you have, I teach about 550 students a week. This is a real, no, that's time not saver. too many. That's a real time saver. It's a real yeah, time I, saver. So I yeah, nice like, you, on Tuesdays, like I teach 120 students each, each week they get like a little listen, listening thing. Bam, 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 bam. It's got, all I've got it to do at the end of the day is four spreadsheets. Yeah, that's and wonderful. you can download it as a spreadsheet. You can have it emailed to you, and you can also get a PDF. Yeah, it's it's a, and it's it a also wonderful little tool, and it shows you the percentage of questions. It'll do the item yep. analysis for you, yep. right? What percentage yep. of students? It's a great tool. Um, does a lot of things. Easy to use. You sign up, and they what they do is they give you that room number, which is a great idea, and uh, the student just have to you know punch in the room number to their device and. They're fine. Only problem is there's always one student who has a problem. There's, there's always, always one student. And that's why I always have a paper copy of the test as a backup. Right. What I do is I always make sure that I bring an extra iPad or something. Yeah. Well, I've got my whole bag of Right. Stuff. And then I basically have the students <laughs> use it. But, you know, that's a really important point is that it's the a very is important so safe point. that you always still have to have a couple of paper backups. Well, that's that's my that's one, of the, one of the takeaways that I've got like written down here is like, yeah. Test it, test it, test it. Get it as bulletproof as you can because regardless, even however intensively you've tested it, something's going to go wrong at some point, and you need to have a backup because you're you're in you're in class, you're on this, you're rolling, right? You got to have a backup. Yeah, Always. you don't want to have to stop and deal with that, right? And it's a lot easier just you know because I don't do that. I just you know I'll give the student my phone to use or I'll give them my yeah my yeah yeah same iPad same, to use. Same. But that's a really good point. It's just hand them the piece of paper. It's one extra student to grade. Boom. Right. Boom. Right. Whatever. Um, okay. Socrative. Done. Next. What, right. what do you and use? I'm going to just say one thing. Just remember, oh, go. computers are your enemy when you're presenting oh, or you're in class. Don't get me started. They are not your friends. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, the other thing I've been using a lot is something called Coggle. Coggle mm. is an online mind mapping um, piece of software. Um I like to use mind mapping software for my presentation classes and also for my writing classes because it helps students to really visualize what they're seeing. Coggle just requires a, a Gmail or a Google account. Um, it goes online. You do it online. It's really easy to make your mind maps. The students grasp it really quickly and easily. They can download them as PDFs, which is really handy. 
The other thing that's really important is that, and this is great, is that Coggle automatically saves everything. So the well, student can't tell you that they lost. Can you, their can you back up a little bit? Because because I don't know Coggle. What I mean, what is At it? All. Is, is, oh, a, is a web it's application? A, is a website? I'm is sorry. an application? Yeah. Because yeah. What do you? How do you? What much, do you use it for? What is it? I had too much coffee this morning. Maybe. I think. Okay. You do. All right. I'll <laughs> Slow down now, Charles. Slow down. Okay. As I said, Coggle is an online web-based mind mapping, concept mapping software app. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it lets you make a mind map online, and it's just unbelievably easy to use. Nice. Does that explain it pretty clearly? Yes, yes, yes. I, I, okay. I, I assume that it's, most people know what a mind map is, right? But it's. Um, I, you want to explain that? It, well, it's a, no. It it's, looks. It looks. It looks like a flowchart, but it's not a flowchart. It is a graphic representation of ideas and their connections to each other. Right. Exactly. And there are some technical differences between concept mapping and mind mapping and idea mapping, but we're not going to get into that. But what's really good, again, is for the last few years, I used something called CMAP, which is an app you had to download and very powerful, really, really very powerful, interesting piece of concept mapping software. But students really didn't like it. It was too complicated. It's too complex. Took a long time to learn. They had to download it. This one, they just take make a Google account. They go online. They sign into Coggle. And they make the map, the their mind map online. It can be shared. It can be downloaded. You can embed it into a web page. You can collaborate on them. You can have students work on things. It's a really really nice piece of um, software because it it really helps me to um, see how students are thinking, especially like in presentations where you don't want them writing speeches which you know, right students tend to write out their presentations and their speeches word for word. You have mm-hmm. them use Coggle and they have to kind of map out their ideas. And what's really nice is that I have them, and I'll talk about this a little bit later after we do our you know quid pro quo kind of thing, is that the students <coughs> download it as a PDF and then I get it as a PDF. And I'll talk about how I tie that into another piece of tech in a second but it's nice it's a it's a good thing it helps them think it works well with some other stuff that i'll talk about also later so done with coggle your turn okay um let's see i'm just trying to stay in the classroom um the other thing that's very similar in some ways to uh the socrative thing is uh google drive i guess it's called now but uh, what i use mostly is the the forms Yes, uh, which then d- interpret themselves into spreadsheets, um, and it's I use that a lot for the beginnings of semesters to poll students for their interests, expectations, preferences for the class. So, for example, reading I have reading and writing classes like what kind of readings are you most interested in? You know, news, fiction, nonfiction, etc writing what are you interested in you, you what, do, what do you want out of this classroom academic writing journalism personal expression etc 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 whatever you want to throw out there and i use that often at the beginning of the, the uh, semester to get a sense of where the class is at and then mm. uh pull you know pull the class together with that so i use that a lot but um, not only for for that, but if you're doing any kind of research, if you're looking at any kind of statistics, um, rather than you know give the students a piece of paper that you 
pieces of paper that you later then kind of like go through each individually to plot in. It's like, hey, just draw this up on your phone. Bam, bam, bam. One, two, three. And just like the Socrata, it, 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 it provides you with a spreadsheet with all the data there mm. um, ready to use and things. So whether you're doing it for research purposes or whether you're doing it for, um, you know, sounding your class's interests or, you know, proclivities. Yeah, emails just, and names and stuff, contact information. Right, exactly. Just some basic things. Like, for example, a lot of schools don't give you a class list for three, four, five weeks. Exactly. Really, really, right? It's Golden Weeks. I, there's classes. We had Golden Week last, you know, recently. I still don't have class lists for some of my classes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, from the school. I mean, I've created my own, either okay. by on paper or mm. using mm. Google Drive. Um, right. But that's a wonderful tool. And you can, by the way, password protect a Google form. Yes, it's a very nice thing. But the other thing is, there's an add-on. It's a script or add-on called Flubaru, which will let you grade Google Forms in the same way that kind of Socrative mm. grades tests. It's a very nice mm. little thing. I use that for when I do vocabulary checks. I, I use a Paul Nation's 54-item vocabulary check for the first mm. 2,000 most frequent words. Mm. I enter in the, the data. It just grades it to me and tells me my students' uh no, you said you were going to do that level. this year. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yes, yes, I've done that. So, But I found a, an easier system. Somebody else has a web page that's done it a lot better. So um, that's, again, proof that there's always somebody out there who's smarter than me and is doing it in a better way, and I just have to find it. But Google Forms is great. It's good. I like it. Okay, what else you use? Okay, so we talked about Coggle, and we're still staying mainly in classroom things, right? Uh, yeah, um, well, I guess that's a good way to to separate them huh? because we're not talking about handling yeah um, still in class what are you doing we're not talking class? about what yeah what am i using in class um i have a class blog i have a class website and that's unbelievably useful um takes a little bit of time but the return is worth it um students can access the website they can see what's going on we can they can submit comments um, the commenting has been really wonderful for a couple of my classes really getting great insights into what my students are doing um, it's really f a f nice system. If you want a free blog, go to edublogs.org. They um, are a education-oriented blog service, website service. It's free. They allow you to upgrade and have um, a lot of the f really nice features. Um, it's a great, great price. It's about $40 a year to be able to have um, a really nicely set up blog with some extra kind of advantages. Um, if you want a free system, it's really good. They are really concerned with privacy and safety. They handle all the security for you. Very nice system. So uh, I think the idea is that if you don't have a website for your class, I think um, you might want to really think about that. It makes life a lot easier. And the nice thing about it, it also serves as a great um, note-taking system. Because you have to update the website. You want to respond to what's happening with students. You have a website also, Tony, but I think yours is self-hosted, and you designed it yourself, correct? Correct, yeah. And I, I did use EduBlog for a bit when um, for some classes a couple of years back uh, where the students were doing a lot more online inter interactivity. Mm -hmm. um, haven't used it since, but no, I do have. And, and my, yeah, my website for my students is is not very interactive. It's, a, it's, it's basically an information source 
they go there. It's to, a download to, source. Yeah, they, they get, get stuff. stuff. They get stuff, whether it's like articles for them to discuss or whether it's their, the syllabus itself, whether it's the list of topics that are acceptable for their essays or their presentations or what, whatever it might you be. You have a great it, collection it, it, of stuff, by the way. Oh, thank you. I've seen that, but yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted there. That's no, 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 no. But no, I, I, was, I, was, I was done. I was done. Okay. And the really important thing too, Tony, because I have a self-hosted website. I use, it, goes, it uses WordPress, which is kind of a blogging content management system. I'm not going to get into that right now. But one of the really big time savers is that my students know that they have to go to the website before the class starts and they have to download and print out what's going to be used in class. I do not print things out. That's a good way you to know go. How much, uh, you know how I'm, much time I'm, I save? Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving very strongly in that direction this year. I have like reduced my printing by more than half this year. Yes. More, and it's it's yeah, not that I've half. reduced my printing by half or 90%. It's I've reduced like I don't sit in front of a – what is it? A risograph or whatever? You know? Going – Right? <laughs> And by the way, if you do sit in front of a risograph and you do make a lot of copies, get yourself a good set of headphones and listen to some good music. Ah, make sure you listen to our podcast. But um, yeah, the website as a tool for downloading is great. It's a great tool for commenting. It's a great um, um, tool for getting, you know, giving resources to students and reminding students. And if you want to get a little bit tech and you have a blog, you can use an RSS feed, right? Where, in other words, the students subscribe, and whenever you post something, they'll automatically get it. Um, yeah, a web that's class nice. website's that's a requirement, nice. right? Nice. Yeah, that's nice. I think a class website, and there's so many free available options. So, edublogs.org, we'll put this on the website. Um, if you're really into making your own website, Weebly for Education also has stuff. I mean, if you just, and it's just a lot of resources out there, but you got to have a class website, I think. The savings are just too amazing. I mean, too beneficial, right? Okay, yeah, it's a but it's a but it's, but you just you know again, it's a lot of work. It's exactly, and I wanted to, I want to I want to give that caveat there because it is upfront investment. It's a whole lot of work. But um, and after really the think, first year, after oh, it's, oh no, it's definitely payback. There's definitely payback. Yeah. It, it pays off in the think, long run. Yeah, yeah. You but think yeah, it through, and everybody's yes. different. And everybody's class load is different. It's like you want to design something very intensive. Like you've got like small classes and like juniors and seniors. You got your Zemi and, and you're, you're designing for that kind of thing. Well, that's one thing. You're teaching mostly first year students with like big classes. You're dealing with the volume. It's a completely different kind of setup that you're going to have. You're going to have a completely different kind of web page. You're going to have a different kind of site for the students. You're going to be providing completely different services. Um, think it through in advance. Um, but you're absolutely right. Others, uh, you, you, I don't know how you function without that, but there you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. Go your turn. My turn. Um, I'm going to put two together just to save time. YouTube and Google images. Mm. Um, I, I uh, have, uh, and it's combined with some of the other ones, but for example, I have, uh, um, a set of conversation type classes, but at the school that, that I'm teaching at, there's a pretty heavy emphasis on the listening uh, aspect to it. They've got their own little computer-assisted learning system um, for listening things. But what I have them do is uh, each week they get a different, they get a URL for a YouTube uh, short, you know, less than three minutes, 
and it's a YouTube video, and they've got to go there and they've got to listen to it. And uh, using Socrative, which we've talked about beginning of class each week, they get a little mini test, like four to five questions about the content of that listening. So yeah, they sit there and they listen to that YouTube video for three, four, five times, get the content, they get the little test. And it, it mm. takes five minutes, right? Um, wow. Just today, what I did uh, for one of my classes, the, the converse, it's this conversation class, an elective, really low-level students. Uh, but we're talking about um, describing people, you know, tall, short, thin, heavy, curly hair, straight hair. Blah, blah, blah. We got on um, Google Images, just grabbed like 10 pictures of very distinct <laughs> individuals. Mm. And okay, we're going to put them on the screen and say, okay, write down three or four things that describe this person. Okay, next, write down three or four things that describe this person. Okay, now, now you're in groups. And we're going to go through the person number one. It's like, what did you write down? What did you write down? You guys talk about it. And you're going to, guys are going to put the description of this person together for me. Bam. Whatever nice. you're talking about. Whether you're talking about, I teach, you know, reading class, Wizard of Oz. Showed them pictures of like the, the tornadoes recently in, in the middle of the uh, Midwest of the U.S. Um, throw those and one in Germany, to... by the way. And one, one in Germany. Germany. Yeah. Unbelievable. Was that like the first one ever? Oh, uh, I don't know. Argue don't know. climate change with me now. Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> climate denial, hey. denial, along with the right, people who right, deny right. So, Darwin. So like I mean, realia. Yes. I mean, you're just bringing that kind of that, that element in, it's like it gets their attention like like nothing else. It's like it's like hmm. they don't they don't understand that they're learning. They they, they think that it's, they're watching television, right? It's a, it's a wonderful thing to throw something the images up on the screen, and integrate that with your classrooms. I teach like again reading classes and some of the time readings I do. The textbook uses um, uh, the um, life stories of both J.K. Rowling and uh, Stephen King. It's like well okay fine before you start that go because like what, what what does Stephen King look like? What does J.K. Rowling look like? Okay let's pull up some of the images. Like, okay this is the person we're gonna, we're going to be reading about this person and this is what they did. Um, we'll get to Stephen King. I show him like <laughs> great. Show him a picture scene. of Stephen great, King, and then everybody. Great, I show him a picture of Stephen King. And they're all scared. <laughs> they think they're scared then, but then I show him the then I show him the, the climax of the movie Carrie, where they drop the pig's blood on around uh, the, the prom. Right? Say, like, okay, this is the guy we're talking about. Now we're now they're interested. I, li <laughs> like, I like who to show the hell them a is this sick boy? <laughs> I like to show them a picture of Stephen King and say, and you think I'm scary? Okay. Well, but, but, he, know, Tony, but he but he had an accident, so uh, yeah. Cut but him, he's cut him also he's he's like he's an incredible writer and academics. Oh, an I've not given this writer. man enough credit yet. But um, something you said, Tony, and we're gonna I think want to talk about this in the future. It's what you said about students who don't realize that they're learning. Mm. There's a certain kind of student who, if they don't feel like they're learning, they're gonna check out of your class. And there's the other student who feels like as if they're learning. These are the students who have not had positive experiences in classes that mm. if they think they're involved in a learning experience, they're going to check out. And we really <laughs> might want to really look at that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very a good real, point. It's a really it's good a, point. No, well, you brought it up. It's a great point. So, okay, I'm going to take over from the YouTube Go. thing now. Go. TED Talks. TED Talks. Ah, excellent. Great. I didn't even add that on my list. Yeah, TED Talks are great. Some of the, I think that's kind of like faddish and overrated. I did go to a TEDx in Kyoto, and I thought it's that so, it's just it, so faddish and overrated that most of our students know about it. Oh, already. oh it's amazing how oh, many of them know about it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. At least twenty-five to forty percent of the students will know about it. I think. Um, sure. I went to this TED Talk in in Kyoto, and we we're waiting in line, you know, getting tickets. Um, somebody gave me a free ticket, um, or no? Let me let me rephrase this. The person said that their wife couldn't go 
to the, or no, they invited somebody. Their wife was out of town, so they invited somebody else, and they the person couldn't come, and so they said, would you like to go? And I said, okay, I guess I'm like the third date here. But I tried not to be offended by that. But um, I was waiting in line, and somebody said, hi, how are you doing? I said, fine, thank you, and how are you doing? And he went, I'm really excited about getting like really exposed to some fantastic and great ideas. And I thought, oh, welcome to TED. Um, but... <laughs> You know how I feel about that kind of stuff. I like great ideas, but Ted's a little faddish. It's a little cultish in some ways, but hmm. um, there are some great talks. But what's really key, um, it's TED.com. These are 17, 18-minute talks. They have certain parameters that they use. There's a lot of really super smart people, for those of you who don't know about them. But there are two specific tools that Ted provides that are incredibly invaluable for students. One is that for a lot of the talks, you can get the subtitles in English or all of them in English, but you can then get the subtitles in Japanese, for example, which is really handy for letting students watch a TED Talk on a very, very difficult, complex topic that is far beyond their English level. And then they can begin to go through it in English and really kind of engage with it and learn and kind of pick up new vocabulary, new ideas. Mm. The other thing that is unbelievably cool is there interactive transcripts and what they will do is that they'll have the transcripts in english of the talk and a lot of times it'll be in different languages but if you click in a spot on the transcript the video goes exactly to that spot which means it's really easy for students to repeat and repeat and repeat an exact section of the ted talk uh-huh it's a great tool they can oh, go anywhere in the talk. Nice. Oh, it's mm. really, really nice. Um, every time I show it to the students, you know, the whole class goes. Oh. Ain't that nice? It's yeah. That doesn't happen too often, right? But they get. But how when cool it happens, yeah. When they, but when you throw when you throw something valuable out there in front, of them, whether it's whether it's technology or, or or not, right? An idea, a concept, a connection. You throw it out there. It's like and, and they they get it. You get oh, it's that. a great and feeling. That's, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the interactive transcript on TED is something every student gets. They get the value of that immediately. No explanation required. <clears throat> right. So that's really, really valuable. <clears throat> and there are the other thing about TED, and this kind of ties back to our previous podcast where we were talking about new, interesting limitations, what's controversial, et cetera. There are some really, really cutting edge talks on TED. You know, things that are really going to make your students think and giving them access to that is incredibly valuable. These are there's some really deep thinkers there. And it's yes, great... yes. Where, where else are you going to get that kind of content? Right. Well, this is a good time. I'm sorry. This is a really good time to plug shush. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> Why don't you explain it real quick? And uh, yours was running. Well, I think it's really valuable if you're doing a podcast. I'm not sure if how, how or if I'll, you're I'll, I'll, or if you're recording anything. If you're recording anything, yeah. Okay, well, we'll give it a little plug to Shush because it's it's a great little tool. Um, if you're using any kind of like um, either the built-in microphone on your computer, which I hope you're not, to make re uh, recordings or any other kind of. Um, external usb microphone uh to make recordings which most of us are because we're not rich um there's a wonderful it's free or a dollar or two or three i can't it's really cheap by the way when, really you said, mo when you said most of us are not rich i really wanted to say speak for yourself tony but then i realized it would have been an insincere comment <laughs> 
Yeah, we're we're teachers, Charles. We're teachers. We're not rich. Oh yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah, okay. right. We're, this is this part of the deal, and everyone listening here, our, everyone's a everybody teacher. gets that. We we get it. We get it. Money. That's the choice every, we've made. It's it, and, and and we get paid. We get paid in non monetary media. But anyway, um, shush. Uh, uh, just little, basically little 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 tiny little app that runs in the background there's a little menu bar item for Macs sorry um and don't apologize uh, you should say you, windows sorry yeah well yeah, yeah. Mm, you should yeah. say oh windows sorry uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i don't want to get religious or political on this i'm not but being anyway. religious and i am not being political i'm being practical i've used them well, all and mac apples as 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 have i as have i but it's right. a it's it's a little it's a little Mac thing, and it, it lives up in the menu bar, and you, you assign like a little key combination to it. Like I think the default is the function key, and, and when then, you don't want someone to hear what's going on, like coughing, clearing your throat, yapping little dog barking in the background, you just press the function key in it. Or when you say something you. you really shouldn't be saying, and suddenly your wife <laughs> reaches over and goes, "Oh, function key." <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who lack self-control. Anyway. Yeah, and I yeah, would not know uh, who cute, you were talking cute little, about, cute little it's a good utility. thing. Okay. All right. So I'm done with Ted. Your turn. Go, please. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I should and have. See, put, like, I was the, not using I should have put. I, I, wasn't fa- <laughs> I wasn't fast enough on that, uh, that function key there. You just probably coughed all over it, though, right? Like that. Like that. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, let's see. I've done YouTube. I've done Google. Done Socrative. Um, one of the things that I do with um, uh, my reading classes, um, because one of my one of my pet peeves, and whenever I've got a reading class, I've I one of my on my my first day performances, I use whatever board real estate I've got. And I write in the biggest letters possible, reading is not translating. And um, pretty much across the board, I teach a lot of university freshmen. And uh, across the board in high school, they've been taught to translate. And very few of them actually have been taught to read, with the exception of my students at Osaka University. Not talking about you guys. But um, good school. Oh, it's a very and, good but, school. Yeah, it's just to put world. that in, just to put that in perspective, Osaka University is basically like at UCLA level, right? It's one of the top ten universities in Japan, and I teach foreign language majors, which are really. I'm, so, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. You it is apologize. It's a great place but, to work. But, but a shout out to Osaka University. That's a good school. It's a um, very good school. So just yeah, you're you know, basically you're teaching at UCLA. So you've got really good students who are interested in learning, and the ones who are probably like I'm not learning now. I'm checking out. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very different. Yeah, they're they're a very different breed. But most of my students, they don't know they don't don't know what reading is, right? They really don't get it, and they're they're translating. They're, they're they're changing the English to Japanese, and they're getting it. Okay, and they're translating everything. So we got we okay. take a whole lot of steps back, and we really emphasize like timed reading and upping their reading speed and i'm feeding them lots of like material that's easy enough for them to read because a lot of them their teachers are giving them shakespeare in the original to translate and it's like this is not reading or or henry james or 
or whatever it might be, right? That, that's what their teachers are giving us. That's not reading. You're translating it. You're looking at the sentence. You're pulling it apart. You're translating the Japanese, and you're getting the idea. No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. We're we're going straight from English to the idea. And so well, that's a whole it's a whole podcast just on teaching reading, right? Right, right, right. And so one and then I've got like luckily at the at the school where I teach this all day, um, uh, com- a computer room, a call room, mm-hmm. and so I've got like you know I, I'll I'll throw the reading the the timed reading up on the screen up at the right hand corner i've got a little timer going timer by 10 it's a wonderful little tool um whether you're using it as a stopwatch whether you're using it as a actual timepiece uh tiny maybe free or maybe a buck or two uh really really cheap um nice very flexible um it's really it's it's a really nice little tool. So you, the kids are looking at like the the screen in front of their thing. They've got like the reading. They got the timer thing. Okay, they bam. They look at the reading. They their, finish their reading. They write down their time. I flip it. I give them the questions. They answer the comprehension questions and and they've got a chart um, for their um, reading speed that they maintain through the semester. Unfortunately, when I've taught reading classes in the past, other places I've had like a reading class for a year, and I would go in the first year, uh, first day of class, and I say, "I promise you that by January of ne- uh, of next year, you're gonna your reading speed will at least double." Uh, right now, I've got reading and writing for one semester only, so it's like 15 classes, minus testing, minus introduction, minus so it's like 12 sessions, minus tests. Okay, so 10. 90 minute classes i can't make that promise but they do get the chart and the ones who do what i tell them to do um most of them do in one semester double their reading speed uh most of them are reading probably at um about 120 words per minute i get most of them to get above 200 words a minute in a semester i should take your class tony yeah <laughs> yeah come on down i would i would i want to use more people in my classroom i need more people in my classroom okay that's how yeah i need it but anyway but time uh, uh okay. it's called timer by 10 yeah that's nice sounds good then that's why i use in the class okay your turn my turn again okay um let's see there's a whole bunch of stuff but i'm gonna go to prezi oh good, is, good good uh, yeah good. i don't wanna, use it but I don't you've use seen it. it. <laughs> I've what, seen it. But, Go. Yeah, but it's uh, Prezi is basically an alternative to PowerPointless, mm-hmm. which I just really hate. I hate bulleted points. I hate you know reducing a conversation to some slides with bulleted points that basically become a note memo um, system yeah, for yeah, the yeah, speaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Did you ever see this one thing? It was what would happen if uh, Abraham Lincoln had given the Gettysburg Address with PowerPoint? Did you ever see that? <laughs> no, no. And it I... starts off with it starts off with just wait a second and hold on while I just get this computer up and running. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see that? Can you see that? Oh, oh yeah. Just a minute. Just a but, minute. Let me see. It's like is that? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. We should, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> is this big enough for the people in the back? Can you see this? Already? Can you see that? Can you, anyway, see Can you step down? What, what right. Prezi does, Prezi takes a slightly different approach. It's really gimmicky in the beginning, and it's really a wow factor visually because basically what it does 
it lets you zoom. It's as if you're looking down on a piece of paper with different kinds of notes on the paper, and it lets you zoom in and out from one point of the paper to the other and zoom out, see the whole paper, zoom in again. The major advantage is, is that it's basically a mind map that you can use to show ideas, and it lets people see the connections. It's, in a again, very dynamic way. It's very, very dynamic, has a great wow factor. It's one of the only tech tools I know where one student turned to me. I was teaching at um, Tokyo University of Foreign Studies, which is another great school, kind of um, like you know where you're at, at Osaka University. Great students, graduate class in academic presentations in English. And this was a, a German woman who was studying in Japan. Um, really interesting woman. And she took the class and she said that Prezi changed her life. I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. But huh. the idea for her was that you could show the connections between ideas rather than sure. PowerPoint, which is only linear. Those damn and, bullet lists, yeah. Just, they went yeah, just get rid of them. Yeah. That's why I call it PowerPointless. Um, yeah. It's It lets people see the relationships. It's dynamic. It's involving. It's got a nice wow factor, at least until everybody's using it. But what's really nice is that if you're using idea mapping or mind mapping software, students can really transfer that over to a Prezi really easily. It uh -huh. really connects nicely. That's a, yeah, terms, yeah, that makes sense. You can that see that, sense. right? That, see that they're that. both yeah, visual, sure. they're both maps, and Prezi is basically a mind map that you can use in slide mode. There are some other technologies. Um, there's, uh, as I mentioned, CMAP also has a presentation mode and something called VUE, which is a visual understanding environment, which is, I think, out of Tufts University really super powerful piece of uh, technology but unbelievably difficult learning curve and we just as you know you know i'm not, if the students can't learn the technology within 15 to 20 minutes i'm not going to use it but prezi really good point right yeah yeah yep, yeah yep, can yep, i tell yep, you about yep, this yep. this is true this is a story i was talking to one of the professors at my school <clears throat> sorry i'm going off and segueing here but go and she went to a workshop that was given by the information center at my university about using the learning management system at the school and i could go on and on about how absurd her description was but what really got to me was according to this person they raised their hand and they said okay and who trains the students to use the system and these people said you do which means that to you know this is why I gave up on Moodle. I've mentioned this a couple of times. I spent three weeks trying to teach students how to use Moodle, and when yeah, you only I, have I started on Moodle so many times, and it's like this is no this. Listen, this, if if this, you this and I solution. if you and I have given up on Moodle, I think that says something, right? We've yeah. both gone to simple websites. Because the students get it. I don't have to train them how to use it. I mean, and let's be honest, the, Tony. The right? learning curve from Moodle for both the teacher and the student is so It's steep. too high. It's just too high. The investment high. is so high. It just does not justify the returns. And the only people, the only people that use Moodle, and I'm going to go, go for it. Step on, I'm, I'm going to make some enemies here. These are people who work, teach six, seven classes a week. And have full their students. Full-time teachers. All the have time. An office, and they have small classes. And they teach six, seven hours, and they, they can have all this extra time to fiddle around with Moodle and create their learning environment. It's like, that ain't me. Bob Dylan. Oh, no, that, it ain't me. 
<laughs> you ain't me. <laughs> you ain't, ain't me. me. Well, anyway, yeah. anyway, it ain't me. Ain't me. Okay, so, but, um, anyway, so what I was just going to say, though, is that they get Prezi pretty quickly. Yeah. It's really, really nice. Nice. Um, it's a nice little tool. It's a very, very nice tool. I like to use it. Um, and, you know, you put that together with Coggle. Mm, nice. What's that word? Synergy. Mm. Synergy. 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 Well, this, is a, this, is a, this is a tech podcast, so we can talk about synergy. Oh, God, that's a word I hate. <laughs> that's kind of like, that's like the other word that I never understood, which is proactive. <laughs> Well, you, you understand it. You just abrades me. Yeah. Is that the word? Doesn't it irritate you? I mean, you're either active or not active or inactive, but proactive, what, which means I'm acting before I'm acting. Okay. Right. Um, okay. We should do a whole podcast on business, anyway. books, <laughs> on business books and terminology. Your turn. Yeah. Go. Uh, in the classroom, um, this is if you're looking for. Uh, a little bit more emphasis on probably a pronunciation, which um, uh, there there are some people to who I'm married who feel this is really really important. Wait, what did you um, just say? There are some people to who you're married. Wait a second, did I catch that right? Pronunciation is a really big 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 thing. And <laughs> to it's the really, audience, it's really, he's avoiding a, that. He's avoiding. It's a really <laughs> interesting tool. Uh, actually, two of them. Um, one of them is a. Um, I don't know that there's an Android version, but I'm guessing there must be. Uh, it's called, and there's there, there'll, there'll be links to all this as long as Charles gives me the links to his. Um, oh yeah, my fault, my this, fault, my my bad. No, 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 Go no, ahead. not yet, not yet, not yet. It will be. It <laughs> but will this be. is. It will be. I'm if apologizing not there. in advance. They're, in advance, yeah. If they're if they're missing, blame him. <laughs> but this is uh, a, a little uh, a phone app called iTrans iTranslate. Voice. You've, you've mentioned this before. This is. I great. mentioned it before, and, it, and it's fantastic. I, I you know, I, I showed them on my phone, and they immediately whipped out all their phones, and they're all like, like downloading the application. And, and the Android phone it's, people it's are exactly going to what is, buying exactly, iPhones. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. Get a question. But, <laughs> but it was it is it's a wonderful little thing where you speak into it in one language, and it comes out. It'll then it spits back in another language. We go English to Spanish, Japanese to Portuguese. Whatever you want, it's just, and of course you got to be careful with the pronunciation. Well, hey, gee, that's the point. This is a pronunciation <laughs> class, <laughs> and so it, it forces them to you know overcompensate and to over, which is exactly what they need to do to make the machine understand what they're saying. A great idea. Um, and uh, the other thing that I always like to uh, to wow them with, and it, 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 this is a little bit wider application. Um, is the uh, the built-in um, both the dictation function mm. of the computers where you can like dictate to the computer and it'll write what you say if you pronounce it clearly enough right right on your computer and also um, the built-in text to speech function where mm. um, when you're writing a paper for example this oh. is like for a little bit more advanced students where you know, but but not only for students but this is for teachers too Teachers, um, when you've, you're writing a research paper and you've, you've looked <sighs> yes, at this damn yes. thing a hundred times, right? And you don't, your, your brain is smarter than you. 
<laughs> you mean, he overlooks you mean your when mistakes. It discovers says, like, I know what, I know what you I know what you meant to write. <laughs> I know what you meant to write, and that and that, that's what I'm going to give you to see. Oh God! <laughs> so you God. never see the mistakes that you made, right? Oh, uh, but... you do not want to hear what you have written. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, but yeah, but if you have you you you, you good you, point. Do your paper, and you have your computer read it back to you. Um, uh, so this is in class or outside. So whether however you use it in class or outside of class, um, it's a, it's a wonderful little thing. It's like yeah, whether you're you're submitting a research paper or for the students, it's like hey, listen, you can do this. Um, you you're you're at the level now where you can hear something. You it's going to sound funny. You, mm. you your eyes don't see it anymore, but it's going to sound funny. It's a great have proofing your computer, tool. Have your computer read it back to you. You'd be amazed, student and teacher alike. Um, how bad you sound you how bad you sound <laughs> the mistakes that got by and how uh, and how happy you will be to have caught those mistakes yeah. so that's a that, that's a, that's a great one again yeah. students that teach in class outside of class yeah i you just reminded me tony i once had a um this is years and years ago this must be in like the 1980s remember when mac had like um speech commands and you could talk to your mac and you'd go computer computer open right? my email yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> check and my email i would do that and i had a girlfriend and she heard me do that once and she just said oh, i gotta try that and she just went up and went computer <laughs> so she spent like i think an hour in front of my, my Mac trying to get the computer to recognize her pronunciation. But that's funny was, because it's, it's, I just use Siri the first time, not the first time, but I don't use Siri much. I don't really talk to my machines, but the, the email they sent you asked, talked about the scheduling today. That was actually me using yeah. Siri. Siri On, has some We have a beautiful there. day, beautiful day today here in Osaka. I was sitting on the balcony, listening to some great music. And this is, oh, I'm going to email my buddy Charles here. And this is like, Siri, email to Charles. Oh, th- what what's the subject of this email? Like a, like a, two teachers talking. You screwed up again. <laughs> what do you, what do you what do you, what do you want to talk about? What what do you want to right, kind of message? Like, are we on time? And yeah, it's like it's just bam. It's just, and okay. To take that and you p- apply it. I mean, use your imagination. Yes. Use that in the classroom. Yeah. However, you're going to use it. I mean, use your imagination. Bring yes. that in. Right. Yeah, for okay, example, you. it's like it's like using just before I go, it's like using oh. a chair to stand on to reach something. There you go. Right? Any yep. tool can be multi-purposed, can be used yep. in different ways. Okay. Yep. I'm gonna go real practical now and I'm gonna go. talk about um this isn't a teaching tool, but it's a teacher convenience tool. Well maybe uh, it's a, okay, good. Let's get outside the classroom. Yeah, because yeah. we're, we're running this is short like, on This time. has changed my life. This has been like I You notice that we've been talking real fast because we got a whole lot of stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it has, yeah. It's also this is an advertisement for like, you know, energy drinks. <laughs> Something else. Do not overdo your energy drinks. Um I take all my textbooks now. I go over to this one part of the university that has a book cutter. Have you ever seen these? It's the thing with the yes. super strong blade that will cut the back oh, off yeah, a absolutely. book. Oh yeah, absolutely! Oh no, no, absolutely! And, okay. yeah, cut up, cut up the book and scan yeah, and, it. Yes, it says this. And this book. is yeah, yeah. and Fuji scan, Fuji scan stuff. They have that Fuji desktop. What is it called? A Scantron or something? It can yeah. handle like fifty pages, double sided scanning. You scanning, you put the stuff in, boom, 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 boom. It goes into Dropbox. If you don't know what Dropbox or Box.com is, you know, um, you got to learn. Okay, how I'll to take use that off cloud. my list because yeah, Dropbox, I, that's going to be on the list. But that's a just whatever it. Whatever, we never get back to it. Dropbox, absolutely, an absolute necessity. No, Goodbye, actually right not. On. I'm actually gone to Box.com. A lot more advantages. 
but we can talk about that later. Anyway, the idea is that what you do is you take your text, and this is if you have an iPhone or an iPad. I don't know how it works on Android, but even on a computer. But the point is that I take all my textbooks over. I cut the textbook off. I'll probably get a letter from some like lawyer from some publisher about this, I'm sure. But I, you know, and I then put it through a document scanner. You can't do this through a flatbed scanner. That's just insane. That'll take you forever, and you will get into some deep, like you know, dark places in your mind while trying to do this. But all my textbooks are now on my iPad, and I never forget a textbook. Which is, you know, you've done that, right? You know, you teach 15, 16 oh, yeah, classes a sure, week, sure. and you bring the everybody, wrong textbook that day. That. Number one. Number two, you're in a class with projectors, an overhead projector, for example. You don't even have to be high tech. If there's an overhead projector, put it on your iPad. Suddenly, the textbook page is up on the screen, and you can point to the things on the screen, which is where you want the students to look for the textbook. Done. Your turn. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Uh, let's see. So outside the classroom, um, this is the, the this is my biggie, and I have had this uh, application since forever, and have only recently begun to plumb its power uh, and its time saving ability. I know and what you're going to talk about. Yes, I'm talking about. <laughs> about Text, text expander, expander. <laughs> I just oh man is this a wonder is this a wonder if you don't have it go out and buy it now <laughs> to, today today today, today. Bu yeah buy, just stop the podcast now and buy it do yourself a favor go with it tony explain why this is just one of the truly great inventions ever this uh application allows you to pre-type pre-program whatever bit of text you want and then this is the basic this is the beginning right this and is just a simple a, part yeah. a shortcut to it so for example if you put ccrid ccredit it immediately puts in your credit card number or you put star a d d it automatically types in your address you can have it as a just like one word you can have it at a 500 word document you can have it as a uh, template for email they have somebody that you don't want to talk to um, that you want to have a stock response that goes like yes I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to hear your interest I'm etc etc uh, but I'm really not interested. I can't do that. In addition, this um, application allows you to create like mini forms within the response. So, for example, it's like I have <clears throat> uh, students sending. I have every week. <clears throat> bear with me. I every week I have 180 students submitting their work to me, which is their preparation for a high-level advanced discussion class where they have to look at a set of words, give their definitions, answer, pre-answer their thoughts on discussion questions, do additional research, find an article online, summarize the article, give me their comments and their own thoughts on the article. I give them a grade of three, two, one, or zero. Zero, obviously, I don't. they don't get anything because they haven't submitted anything. Um, but 
within that form response that I give them, they've got not only the say, okay, say, hi, thank you. I, I've gotten your work for this week. Uh, you've got a grade of uh, three, two, one. And the reason for that is, well, and these are all drop down menus. And so I go through each one, and within that, they get a canned response. This podcast, also, for example, uh, there is a very complex XML file that has to be compiled and uploaded so that you can download the podcast. Um, that also is all in Text Expander. I, I type in the, the code. It gives me the block for this current podcast. I say, okay, this is the name of it. This is the location of it. This is the length. This is the time, such and such. And bam, it's done. Um, I do it once. Did it once three years ago. I still I do it every time we do a podcast. It cuts out all the work. Yeah, yeah. I just started. Started. I just it's, and there's my dog. A, it's such an it's such an it's a, such an incredibly strong tool. It's it's so powerful. Um, you. It's hard to think about all the different ways that you can possibly use it, but it's it's one of those. It's it's, it's really exceptional because it's got so much power, and you just really got to like really sit down and. Th- it was something that I learned this year. I've been using it for three years already. It's like okay, well, I, and this saved me. What I've done with the kids this year, and in response to their, to their online submission of work, what I figured out this year saved me three or four hours a week yeah and if you're a part-time teacher you know what that's worth even if you're full-time you know what that's worth but you know that's text expander is one of the things i bought it and my wife was like why'd you spend another 30 you know 33 4 000 yen on something and i said okay well just watch this and then she looked and she went well that's definitely worth a whole lot more." <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yeah. know so my yeah. wife who's a um you know someone who does all everything on her phone right it's an interesting concept, by the way. I really appreciated right. Text Expander right away. I use it for grading, oh, God. and it's I figured fantastic. out that you know. And I'll talk. I'm going to talk next. It's a really good segue about what I go, do out of go. the classroom, but how I use Text Expander too with along with um, Excel. What I found out is that I, I since be, um, blah blah. <laughs> 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 Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. That re-implies previous statement. Re-implies previous intent or something. I'm, I'm being proactive here. No, I'm being post-active or something. Retroactive. But because my students are submitting everything digitally, I don't want to – I was trying to figure out how do I get their grades back to them? How do they find out what their grades are? And I've been really struggling with this. And, Tony, I think you sent me the randomizer where you can actually put – like student numbers in and it'll match up like a different number Then you could assign students a number and then you could like pass out a piece of paper that would tell the grades. What I f- figured out is that for my um, my university students, as long as I keep using just within the school email system, I have a reasonable amount of security and privacy um, that I want to send my students an email with the grade for their homework or their assignment. And I was trying to figure out how to do this. And so Basically, what I finally was able to figure out is that there's actually a way to set up an Excel spreadsheet so that you put an email into the X, you put email addresses into the Excel spreadsheets and they're clickable. So after right. you've entered the grade, you click on the student's student number or their email address, which could be right next to it because it's basically just their student number with something you know appending 
um, to with the at school university.ac.jp. Yeah. I, I click on that. It opens up an email. I then t- use Text Expander to type in what week's homework assignment it is, tab to the body, type in another Text Expander code, and that has a little place for me to have a drop down menu and add their grade. And suddenly, boom, I'm done. 25 so students. Each, so each student, you've like typed in 12 digits. Um, actually, no, I did it because I was able to download the student list and then just use a, a little, you know, Excel form to right, add form on. Like, okay, right. This little or not the Excel form, but a little function and write this. Right. But here's the here's So it's the key. like 12 keystrokes. Yeah. yeah. Except except what I had to do was I had to take the students' email addresses from Excel, put them into Word and set them up somehow as an email address and then copy and paste back into Excel. It's a little well, technical, you, you, but but after once you set it up, once I've set it up, it's been just great. Um, yeah, you know, right. I just click. I use Text Expander. I was able to send out three classes worth of grades in like about twenty five minutes yesterday. Right, and students now have a copy of their grades. They know what they got. There's no class time taken up for that. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I'm not even a fan of Excel. But text expander, I couldn't do that without text expander because I just have to. Right, type in, exactly. You know, well, a lot one of these times, key. well, there are combinations of applications, right? So, um, yeah, that that combination of Excel and text expander, and it's a great with right spread, exactly. with spreadsheets, which we talk about all the time. Yeah, I use Excel and numbers, and they they go back and forth very well between each other. Use some for some things, use some for others. Well, each, why don't we just explain different strengths? Because I do the same thing. I use numbers for my roll call and my class roster. Because as you I use numbers, out, I use I use numbers because I can put the students' photos yes in exactly the, in into the spreadsheet. Exactly. And I use Excel to when I need to like export the data to somebody else, or yes. when I need to do like heavy duty number crunching, or when I do a very concise printing of a of a spreadsheet. Yes. But and they, but they go back and forth between the two very effortlessly. Okay. So yeah. It's it's not a question of Excel or numbers. It's you use both. Yes. They're both each of them is good each of them are good at different things. And if you have a, a Windows machine, just go figure it out. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> but that's yeah. a really nice thing that you can put in the photo of the student into um, numbers. That really, really is a nice, nice tool there. Okay, what okay, else so are you Okay, so we're in we're in speed we're in speed round here. Like speed that, round, that, yeah, that's ever, good. Evernote. Evernote, okay, Evernote. Evernote. Evernote, I love Evernote. Evernote is an online coordinator, synchronizer of data, notes, folders, everything else. Um, I use it for notes for this podcast. I use it for notes for my classes. I use it as my to-do list. It syncs across all my devices. Um, I have the, the the pro option, which I have fifty bucks a year. I don't I don't know what it is. Cost it's of doing business. Um, but it well, 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 well worth it. It it syncs everything. So whether it, it you go to a web page, you see an interesting article. It's like, oh, I'm going to use this for a classroom. I'm going to use this for the podcast. I'm going to use this for my sports car guys. It's like, okay, bam. There's a little little um, plugin in in my browsers. It's like, okay, clip it to Evernote. It's smart enough to know. It's like, oh, this is about cars. This is for the sports car guys. Okay, this is about teaching. This is about two teachers talking. This is about this is about uh, you know whatever it might be. It's like okay, this is general reading. It kind of it really does a really good job at guessing. 
it takes that article, it simplifies it, it saves it as a PDF in my things. I can read it any time later in the day, later in the week, or at the end of the semester. Okay. Charles, go. My last one, box.com. Ah, okay. This is a new one, and it's a good one. This is a new one for me. So as I mentioned, we're going to wind this up really quickly, but this has been an incredible time saver for me. Dropbox, most people know about. Um, syncs across all of your devices. It allows you to upload and make sure that you can have access to stuff. Box.com allows you to set to get, assign an email address to a folder in your Box account. And then what I do is I give that email address to my students on the web page and say, submit your homework as an attachment to this email address. I never see the emails. They submit it to Box. Box automatically will strip off the attachment, put it into the file or the folder. And it. what's great is it sends a confirmation email to the students that the folder was up or their file was uploaded or was not uploaded. You can also set it to send you an email that a full a file has been uploaded. This has been you know, you remember I was struggling with this for months, right, Tony? Yes, yes, yes. Trying yes. to we figure it out. About this this over, has been this has time. been one of the great time savers of my life. Um I was um a fervent Dropbox um fan, but at this point I'm actually thinking of actually giving these guys money because it's so good. And they actually have a widget if you upgrade to a paid version that you can actually put this upload file widget onto your website and students just have to basically drop a file onto the widget and it'll automatically be uploaded. But the great thing is, is that I never have to see the email. There's no, I don't have to strip off the attachment, you know, through any of the different email programs. It's done for me. It's backed up. It's safe. It's across all my devices. I have access to students' homework at all time. Kudos to Box.com for outdoing Dropbox, which is a pretty impressive feat in itself. That's a organization I have nothing but admiration for. But I think yeah, that's a, what you said when, when you described it to me. It's like I looked at it. It's like it's really, really good. It was very, very seductive. Almost went over. The, the only thing that that stopped me from switching over this year, which is like, which would be a radical move, right? Because this is you, you don't make these kind of decisions rightly right yeah and you you really got to think it through and i almost did it this year uh and i may do it next year is that my concern was that the learning curve for the students was a little bit high because i have a different student population than charles does i have different numbers than charles does for me it's just like oh teaching this many students this kind of thing and, yeah. and I got, uh, just it just it just was a it was it was Right on the edge, and I, I, I just, I did, I didn't make the switch this year, but I'm, I'm very exploring it, and it looks great. It looks like a really cool. System. It's, it's like the smartest thing as I've done, and I recommend yeah. it highly. But the problem is, you know, Tony, it's not getting teaching, having the students learn how to send a, you know, a, fi a file attachment, right? That they can Google. It's getting them to name the file properly. <laughs> <laughs> we can, uh, well, there's yeah. all of that. There's, no, there's all, all of that. There's all of that. Students are unbelievably creative in finding ways to destroy my incredibly perfect system. But you know, Tony, <laughs> and on that yeah. note, I think it's a good time to maybe wrap this up. I think we've covered yeah. a lot of tech, and there's a whole lot more stuff we could talk about. But I think these are the practical things that have like changed our lives and made us, I think, better teachers, or at least for me, more efficient and given me a lot more free time. 
Yeah, the only thing that I'll add to that is like w- with your um with the uh the the box.com okay. that you've got. Um the the what I do at my end to to do, serve that functionality uh with my I have all my students just send me any the, the, when they submit their work they send me an email and they have a specific email address. Right. It's it, it's an alias. And the, the, yeah, yes, and as you're right, they are extremely creative in fi- figuring out how to screw up that subject line. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's like no th one, th two, th three. Yeah. It's like how can you get it wrong? But they do. They find ways, and that's fine. But then I, I what I do is I just have like um, my own set of uh, email of email filters, and when they when someone sends something when, when it's properly formatted, it goes immediately to that class's folder in my email. So it, it accumulates all week. I don't see it until the weekend. I open it up and it's like, and I go bam, 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 bam. I go to text expander and each student gets a response. Bam, bam, bam. Okay. And, and, and an hour or two and I'm done okay. with, with 200 students. So I want to just end this with, I'm going to append this with this, just my PDF discovery that I told you about. Yep. Because my students are submitting their coggles, they download them as PDFs. I didn't know this. That's a cool that's really that that's accomplished all by itself to have them yeah. all submit everything by a PDF. That, yeah, that's yeah, amazing because, all by itself. Because if the students can submit the files on a PDF on I don't know how this works on Windows, but in Mac, if ah, all the yeah, PDFs yeah, yeah. are in a folder and then you select all of them and then you click open, they open in one PDF document. Bang, in, bang, bang. And bang, as long bang, as bang, and bang, bang, because bang, I require bang, my students to put their student number first when they name a file, it's just really easy to mark it, grade, and enter, right? So there's a whole lot of tech stuff that I'm still discovering. I think you're also discovering, Tony. And we're just trying to, these are time savers. And I think both you and I are ruthless when it comes to technology, that if it's not a time saver, if it's not making us more productive or better teachers, don't use it, right? That, that is the key. I mean, that is that we're talking about. It's like, uh, talking about like, like takeaways and things like you got to have a reason of using this damn tool it's like and it might be that it's pretty and it might be that it's fun and if you got that luxury to, to fit it in well good for yeah, you more power to you that's great you have that's too great. much free time but, <laughs> but you know <laughs> if, if it doesn't it doesn't if the students aren't learning more is it isn't better it isn't easier no screw it don't do it and, don't use it <laughs> and, the fl- and if, unless it's the best way to do it don't do it right and the flip side of that is some of the things do take a little bit of time to learn and you have to really be able to figure out whether that time you know invest the return yeah. on investment and we... some things like text expander this thing with box setting up a website um sometimes it takes some time but after you do it um uh, you know it's kind of like people who don't use spreadsheets Right. You know, at the last class, you enter in the test score and suddenly the spreadsheet spits out the grade and then you just kind of cut and paste and put it onto the, you know, the course, you know, upload it to the school, you know, grading system and you're done. And I sit back and I watch people grading papers and using a calculator. And I'm just kind of like, you know, what planet, you know, you're in a different time zone than me, Paleozoic. Anyway, but that's kind of being arrogant. But anyway, I think we've covered everything. What do you think, Tony? Okay, was that well? There's that, and then there's well, just a couple of warnings, right? Or warnings. A couple of like, general general statements, right? Um, specifically with technology in the classroom. Test it, test it, test it, test it. Make sure it's bulletproof. It's like it's like the a last joke. thing. The last thing you want is like 
<laughs> you have this. You think you think you got this great idea, yeah. uh, and you and you introduce these students, and these kids are like, and they're all suddenly wandering around <laughs> in different directions, bumping into each other. Everyone's confused. No one's on the same page. You gotta make it bulletproof. You gotta pilot. Make sure you gotta pilot it. You gotta make sure that you and you can ex- and make sure that you can explain it clearly and easily. You, yes, you can yeah. make this so that they can get it. Make go through not not only the testing the technology, but go through your expl- explanation. Make sure that you can explain what they need to do as simply as possible. A, B, C. And if you're getting a G or H, no, 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 no. You go back and rethink it because this is too hard. Yeah, three steps. You get, you gotta be, you gotta make it three, four steps. Anything more than four steps, you're you're screwed. You 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 make you you're not. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. After that, even after you've done that, right? You gotta have Plan B. <laughs> Whether it's a paper backup, uh, forty-five copies, <laughs> whatever the hell you need. You 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 gotta have a backup. You gotta have a plan B. It's like because one thing one thing that Charles and I know about is is technology failure. <laughs> and if you only knew how hard it was to get this podcast to you today, you'd have a very <laughs> actually the last very, the last two the last two have the been last couple two. have been a been a bear. But it was amazing. So you but... gotta you, you gotta have a plan B. <laughs> Have a backup. And you got to be willing to search for solutions because the solution to the problem today was so unbelievably easy, wasn't it, Tony? Just unplug yeah. everything and replug it in. It was nuts. It was, it was nuts. nuts. It was anyway, nuts. but I think – The I last knew, thing, the last, last thing, thing is, Tony, last, last thing, thing, last thing, last thing, last thing, don't make learning the tool harder than learning the lesson. Hmm. Or make it more important than learning the lesson. Right. It's like the effort expended in like learning how to do the, the exercise. That's why my, 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 was my pet peeve with like so many textbooks, right? It's like if the students could understand the directions to this this activity, that they don't need to do the activity. Because <laughs> understanding the directions requires like a level of cognition way beyond whether the activity is going to The activity is like, oh, introduce yourself. It's like, well, this is like 50 line explanation of the, of the activity and stuff. It's like, it's insane. So yeah. Yeah. Good um, point. Make it good easy point. for the kids, right? Make it, make it, make it the easiest. It's like, you know, the, the uh, what's, what's, what was that book? Not drift. Um, not bullet. Not was it that, that they direct to make it easy for someone to do the right thing. I anyway, anyway, I'm done. Okay. Okay. Go. <laughs> I'm That's done. It. We're done. We're done. Panting, we, we crammed a whole a bunch lot in of there, stuff right? in there, and we didn't cover everything yet. But anyway, we'll and be... we're going to have a ton of links on the webpage, yes, which is at twoteacherstalking.com. and we can be reached at twoteacherstalking at gmail.com, and we're on Skype, and of course we're on iTunes, and we'd love to hear from you. And if you have a shortcut tool or something that's going to make things faster that we didn't cover, which would be a whole million one things, please let us know. And on that note, yes. Tony. Yes. Good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and to you too. All right. Be well. Bye. <laughs>